What up? Episode 100 of the Rollin' Ramblin' Podcast with your boy, Steve Bertrand, and his most recurring guest, Mr. Michael Eilert. I feel like you're kind of like getting to SNL fame, you know, where they have a host and they have like people that have cool. five-time hosted SNL. You five are time. now, you've been now been on 45, 67, 89, and now this is episode 100. So, sir, you are one episode away from... from reaching like Steve Martin status and things, right? So, so I guess I got to come back for a one eleven. So yeah, I think so because because uh, actually uh, Jordan was talking about wanting to be on on uh, episode one twenty three or some cool number. Uh, just for a background explanation for a lot of people, um, you might be like, "Where the hell's your podcast been, Steve? What are you even doing?" Uh, number one, I have a life, um, and I just didn't want to do a podcast, so. Uh, take that and deal with it. Um, number two, uh, it's my podcast. Uh, I can do what I want with it. And number three, uh, which, my podcast and I'll do it if I want to. I was actually going to sing a version of that. So fill it in. Um, kindred spirits, but I was trying to actually get everybody lined up because, uh, I wanted to maybe do like a collaborative hundredth episode with like you and then uh jordan and then maybe carl and, and anthony but it just i couldn't line everybody up just because of different commitments and um shout out to mr scheduling mr. nowadays is a nightmare anyways yeah well and shout out to mr jordan keats who is currently uh getting his wisdom teeth out so he has lost wisdom today but he'll be listening to this podcast because for a couple of days at least he'll have nothing better to do but lay in bed with sore uh teeth well i guess ghost teeth ghost maybe like he'll be he'll have like people that people that are are uh ghost ghost limb syndrome yeah exactly the people that are amputees have like uh like uh they they do the ghost limb syndrome so if maybe he'll have that with the wisdom teeth um i was already stupid when i got my wisdom teeth out so uh, i didn't i didn't notice any detriment in my iq um but i was also like 15 or 16 which I'm still stupid now, but back then I was really stupid, so it didn't really make a difference. But uh, but anyway, so this is episode 100, and um, insert applause here. What good sound effects! See, you're not only a graphic designer; you can do good sound effects too. I'm okay. You're like an, you're like all encompassing um, individual, so that's good. So uh, let's not talk about me anymore i want to know what's going on with you how is the old uh the old uh pandemic treating you these days oh well you know they've they've loosened up some of the reins so to speak so we're allowed out into the world again to do things like go to restaurants and of course yeah. where guess where all the outbreaks start happening again the second they're like okay you can all go back to restaurants turns yeah. out all the people who haven't been working suddenly get covid and they go start working at the uh, restaurants and everyone starts getting sick again Good job. Good job. That's always how it's going to work. But hopefully, yep. with the vaccinations, um, most people will be able to return to normal with things. Um, the one concern I always have for you is you are a, a red-headed, fair-skinned fellow. What? So it starts to get hot out like this. When did that happen? Uh, I'm going to guess, I think you're 40, are you 45 or 46? Yeah, keep going. So, oh, you're 40, 47. Yeah, keep going. 48. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to guess the fair skin part happened 
uh, 48 years ago ish, yeah. almost for almost 49 in two, you know, in, a, in two months. Yeah. Speaking of which a little birdie told me that uh, yours is coming up too. It is coming up uh, in uh, essentially two and a half days because it is 713 PM on the 17th and mine is on the 20th, which uh, everyone every couple of years says, holy crap, your birthday's on Father's Day. And I'm like, some years and they're like, what? And I'm like, Father's Day is just the third week, uh, weekend of the month, like it, the third Sunday of yeah. the month. It just depends on where I land birthday was. So you're also on the summer solstice. Yes, and Long, I, longest day of the year. And I'm also on the cusp of Gemini Cancer for all you old school hippies out there that like all that stuff. Nobody seems to care about astrological signs anymore like they used to. Remember, it used to be like the thing, and now people are like, oh. But but I mean, what does that say about our relationship? Because I mean, I'm a Leo, which is like a fire sign, and you're like, is it water sign? I I I don't know. I don't know. I think so. But like, also, I also just enjoy the irony that you're a ginger and a fire sign. Like, it just cracks me up. That's that's how that works. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But I don't know. The I'm like. I'm like the lazy fire sign, though. I'm not like the, oh my god, he's gonna he's gonna have like this huge temper and he's gonna just rage and stuff. I'm just like, eh, I'm too tired. Yeah, that also comes with age, though. Too, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, um, I keep seeing things that could somewhat upset me as an individual. You know, just being in the wheelchair, and I see patios that aren't wheelchair accessible, and picnic tables. Uh, FYI, for anybody that cares, picnic tables are essentially probably the worst invention on the planet anyway. And then for somebody in a wheelchair or a scooter or any mobility device, they're horrible because you can't just sit on a regular bench and swing your legs over because you got the stupid thing that holds the bench to the table. And then you can't sit on the end of the table because then you're leaning over uncomfortably and then you end up with a cramp or a kink or like a broken rib or something. And then every once in a while, someone comes along with a great idea like I did outside of the Victoria Event Center and said, hey, you know what you should do? You should like mount a wooden little extension on the end of the picnic table uh, so someone can roll underneath it. And it's a wonderful idea. And I went by a couple of weeks after I had said that and they actually did it. So whenever I go to like get subway or whatever, I go down to Broad Street and I get the um, sort of sit at that table or maybe I haven't got a muffin from from their little cafe at the door type thing. But I just feel like it should be standard that every picnic table comes with it like an extension. I mean, we've had TV trays for I don't know what almost I would have to say probably at least uh, almost 100 years. Right. How come we can't do a TV tray kind of extension on the end of a freaking picnic table? The answer, Mike? is we could nobody wants to so yeah like don't get me started on the ableist society thing because it's weird well no it is and i i I, um and so i started to get all mad uh when i was looking at irish times and there were picnic tables and and then there was another there was another restaurant that had their patio off of the curb like in parking spot but it had no ramp off the curb. Now I'm going to assume in my imaginary world that's awesome that they have a little ramp that they bring out when someone wants to use the patio that's in a wheelchair, but I don't know if that's true. And the reason I didn't really talk about it publicly on Facebook or take a picture or do anything, and I have the picture in my phone, I was going to post it, but then I realized this, that 
out. There are going to be some people that are like, I can't believe they, that happened. Then there are going to be people that don't really care and be like, sorry about that, man. Uh, I'm going to get lunch. And they're just not really going to bother. And then other people are going to be like, let's destroy the establishment and burn it to the ground. And so I didn't want to be a part of any of that. Uh, so I just left it alone. And I realized that at this stage in my life, I don't think I'm going to be able to affect things like that anymore. Like I, I'm working currently with the Disability Resource Center on some training and doing some different things. And and I, I like being a part of that community. And as a, as a resource center, I think we can make some, some big inroads and changes and things. But I think as an individual, the whole advocacy rant of taking a picture and posting it and like shaming the business or shaming the person. It's not something that I want to do just not only professionally, but personally, I don't want to be that guy. And also the the response to that for most people is like, we're going through a pandemic, man. Like they're just trying to survive. They're not like thinking about how to discriminate. They're just trying to like do what they can to get business. Like you got to relax. And I actually agree with that statement. So it's hard for me to then be like, because it's not that I want them to do it for everyone else. I'm very selfish with that kind of stuff. I actually just want them to be accessible. So if I want to go to that restaurant that I like, um, I can go, right? Um, and and I think, like, as much as, like, groups of people and there's, there's strength in numbers and all that stuff, I think we need to get to a point where every individual pulls somebody aside and has an actual conversation calmly and frankly about how to help the situation and see if something happens well if it means anything i like to think that i'm doing my little part like tiny little part but uh, i regularly get uh, jobs in my my sign industry to make accessibility signage all over the place and a lot of them end up with the old school like stick figure and the wheelchair one you know everybody knows it it's like the little square guy with the like the wheels and i almost always given the opportunity give the the new logo which i based your uh rolling motivation one which is a little bit more active and dynamic and try to avoid like the old school look it's like hey try to be a bit more progressive my favorite thing about that logo actually is is they changed the um, sort of internet. I don't know if it was international or it yeah. was in the States or in Canada. They changed it a couple years ago to be more active and the person in the wheelchair was leaning forward and different things. And the coolest part about that was like, the first thing I thought was like, Mike and I did that in 2013. Like we were we were kind of ahead of the curve, just the idea of, of like how stagnant uh, that, figure was right like you know and it's it's well i like to think i have my finger on the pulse of stuff like that so when you were interested in making a logo it's like why not go with the latest newest trends and it's definitely a more active and dynamic approach to just even stuff like parking yeah it's it's been an interesting ride as far as that uh pun intended because i'm sitting in a wheelchair and also just in general um but the idea behind a lot of the stuff that i i tried to do because i haven't had any sort of monetary success with a lot of things uh and 
it is very hard as an individual in today's society, especially, you know, even I think I think the even though the the sort of gender dynamics and, and society roles are changing, I think just as a man, even genetically, I think you want to be able to provide and sort of, you know, hunt and kill things metaphorically type type deal. And and I don't know, just just I, I, I not that I, I actually want to hunt or kill anything. Um, not even with a paintball, because if I shoot someone with a paintball, they shoot back, and that hurts, especially when you get hit in the hand. Uh, <laughs> I think we talked about that on the last on the, on the last episode. But there's this there's this this want to to do well and have cool things, and, and, and if, think, if that's your love language, sure. Well, it's it's not even my love language. It's just like I like driving around in my car, and I want to make it go faster and things and the stuff that I want. Well, that's about self care. That's part of the love language. Yeah, it's true. And, and so I think part of, part of my philosophy now is really trying to, to remember that, that the fact that, because I was always looking at my YouTube channel and, you know, the fact that I have a hundred and I think 150 some odd episodes. Oh, is that all? Since 2000 and since December 12th of 2012. And I was like, and I was like, Ooh, we've got like, and that's exactly what I sound like when I'm whining. So I'm, I'm maintaining my own voice. I've, I've got like uh, not even not even uh, like ten thousand views for the life of the channel and a hundred and forty five watch hours. And just for reference, people in order to monetize YouTube, you need to have four thousand watch hours in a year and a thousand subscribers. And I have sixty seven subscribers. Love every single one of them, but the idea of trying to be a YouTube sensation in the current format or any other format I've tried so far is not going to work. But when I stopped looking at the fact that I was a quote unquote failure on YouTube, um, when I tell somebody that has thought about doing YouTube and has been sort of stopped with whatever thought they had around it. And then I, they hear that I've done 150 videos and you know, that I have, uh, I now like, like with that the just, help of that, just screams devotion and commitment to me. Yeah, and I, I'm like, oh, that's only like, that's only like 15 videos a year. But that app, but then I look at that too, and I'm like, that average is more than a video a month. Yeah. Right. So, so let's just let's just average it out and say, on average, most of the time I was doing like a video every two weeks, which is pretty sweet. I have had this podcast. It's so funny to think about December 12th of 2012 is when I started the YouTube channel. And without realizing it, I started this podcast December 13th of last year. So apparently a couple weeks before Christmas, I like to get off my ass and start something brand new that scares the crap out of me because that's just when I start things. Um, And since December, I have, so we're pretty much like right around the six month mark. I have now, we're hitting a hundred episodes of this podcast. Um, And you know, I know, I know it's, not as long form and there's not videos and there's not all this other cut out content like Joe Rogan does or all, even all the, the, a lot of the local podcasts, there was one locally that over three years, I think they did 80, 84 episodes and they were my North star for a while. And then I realized they just stopped doing the podcast after three years and after 84 episodes, they just quit. Um, and I don't think I'm, I'm going to get there. I think the way I do podcasting for myself is I just like talking to my friends. And even if you're not on as a guest, I always feel like I'm talking to my friends. I'm not a guest. 
Well, you, you, well, you're, you, what are you, what are you co-hosting the pot? What are you calling what? yourself? I, I'm practically family. That is true. I will, I will, I will, I will second that statement because uh, we've been, we've been friends for over a decade and my parents absolutely adore you and, and, and yeah, all. That, that goes both directions. Cause I mean, it's, it's kind of nice knowing that our parents are just like, yes, we fully endorse this friendship. They're not a bunch of like weirdos. I mean, we are, but yeah, I mean, but we're like weird in like the way that works for us to be weird together. Yeah, totally. It's not like it's not like weird. Like, um, I there's a certain degree of humor that you and I have, and sometimes, like, I've been super. I I like how you say a certain degree. Like, it's like, well, Mike tries to be funny, and I, to a certain degree, I think he's almost successful well i I think that's the thing is like like sort of typically funny stuff is is i'm gonna go out on a limb and say being conventionally funny is fairly easy trying to be funny in between the lines is actually kind of difficult so the fact that the fact that we have the same kind of sense of humor and laugh at the same kind of stuff and i'm super lucky that most of my friends laugh at the same kind of dumb stuff but every once in a while i'll meet somebody new and be like this is funny and they're like no it's not don't talk to me again i hate you and i think you're a weirdo and that recently just happened to me on TikTok. i sent somebody a video um and then she and she was like dude i don't even know you and but we had laughed about a couple other things in 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 message and and then based on that then uh she didn't talk to me anymore which is fine but i found myself realizing this pattern which is when i meet someone i treat them the same as i treat you which is the fact that we've had a friendship for this long and we know each other and it's built and and we laugh at things and and so i kind of think i'm like a black lab that way whereas like if you go if a black lab comes up to you and you pet it the black lab thinks you're best friends forever for with everybody and i am very much like that so if i say something to somebody and i think they're funny i instantly just my brain automatically thinks that they're going to be exactly the same way as all my other friends, which to be quite fair, and I'm super lucky about that's happened with most of my friends. But every once in a while, I'm like, Oh, right, they don't know me in the same way. So I have to like, not be that weird. Uh, um, Turn the volume down to like a four at the best. Well, and, and I'm super social and outgoing. And so I say hi to everybody that, that walks by me, male or female, doesn't matter. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Have a good day. You know, uh, be super pumped. It's Thursday or whatever the deal is, right? And so... And surprisingly, people really acknowledge that kind of stuff too. They might not like say anything at the moment, but later they'll be like, oh, some dude said hi to me today. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I would say probably four out of every 10 say something back. And I think there's a, there's a good chunk of the other percentage that are just not listening or not paying attention. Or like you said, they'll figure it out later and their brain will register the fact that they, um, that they, um, someone said hi to them and tried to treat them with respect. But I was, I had a couple of cool instances. Uh, one of them was just funny. Uh, yesterday I went to the Tim Hortons and uh, I'd seen this girl sort of, I guess when I was rolling by, I'd seen her like jump off of her chair, I guess. But I thought she might've been like dancing or doing something. It looked like she was like, maybe like busting out a dance move. And kids dance everywhere just because of TikTok and a bunch of weird things. So I was just sitting there waiting for my tea. And I was like, uh, were you dancing earlier? Like, I thought I saw you through the window, like just dancing. And she's like, mm, uh, no. And then like was super awkward after that. And gratefully so, because I was, uh, I, I'm, I, I just, I was being genuine, but I didn't, 
I just thought they were like doing a TikTok or being funny with a friend or whatever, but they were just like, who's this weirdo that, that talks to me? And I think I feel sometimes that the majority of people feel that way. Not maybe not the majority, but I think there's a lot of people that, that feel that way. And I think the the way that you cure that is to actually talk to people and eventually when like so that person may have thought I was weird. I don't even know if they do. They just might have been weirded up. But let's just say they think I'm weird. And then, you know, down the road, someone else does that. And they'll still think that person is weird. But, like, the third person then does that. And then they're like, oh, maybe this is normal behavior. And those other two people weren't being weird. They were just being friendly. And that's kind of what I, how I look at sort of building friendships and getting to know people is that I don't want, I want to treat people the way that I want to be treated, right? And so I want people to be friendly to me and come up and say things and compliment my shoes and things of that nature. And, and so I do the same thing to other people. And I think it works. I think it is circular. You know, we, there's so much, so much. It works for you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, But there's so much apparent divide in, in the world. And don't think that I missed that joke, by the way, and that smirk of yours, because of the people that are listening to this can't see your smirk. It works for you. And then he smiled ear to ear. Like it was the funniest thing he ever said. And he's trying not to laugh out loud right now. He's doing the whole like. Know, let me just hit the mute button. Exactly. Which really sucks on a podcast. Exactly. It's like dead air for five minutes while Mike's like rolling around laughing his ass off. Yeah, exactly. But so, so for the viewers at home and viewers, I mean, listeners. Yep. Um, what, what joke did, uh, I just try to stifle there? Um, that was just the idea of it being, there was something that was, it was about it working for me, me saying hi to people and it, and it working for me. So I don't know actually what you were doing, but it was just still funny. Well, how many friends do you have on like social media? Oh, a lot, a lot. I know. And here I am trying to get rid of them. So um, that's why I'm like. I don't want to talk to people. I want to get rid of people. Well, you don't, you know, actually the funny part about that is over the last little while, I've been going back and forth with, with, I'm like, I'm going to win the lotto and then I'm buying a piece of land somewhere and then I'm going to build a house and never talk to anyone. And then, okay. What, okay. Imagine that you win the lotto, like right now, where are you buying this piece of land? It, you, like anywhere you're like so ridiculously rich. You could like go anywhere. Honestly, I'm going to buy it in West Saanich. I love West Saanich. I always have. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, you know, not nothing huge, like a nice big piece, so I can do some cool stuff, but not like where like animals could come on to my property and probably have a chance to kill me, um, like those types of things. I mean, um, but I want garage space and all that other stuff. But like what I what I noticed is I've been going back and forth with the idea of I don't want to talk to anyone, and this pandemic has poisoned me. And people are horrible and the world is horrible and everything's going to crap and um that's true for people on the internet well it is true and and um not to get off topic with this this is relatable but i love cars i've always loved cars for a long time and the epa the environmental protection agency is trying to crack down on emissions and instead of taxing uh, this is my political opinion instead of taxing giant corporations and you know, changing how they do things. Uh, they're going after the little person, people that modify cars for performance and race and all that stuff, which if you look at most performance racing, most performance race engines actually run better than a lot of things out of the factory. But 
they're cracking down and fining people that sell modified parts or have modified vehicles down in the states so jags which is a huge automotive supplier and they've raced for years uh i got i heard that they got fined by the epa 1.7 million dollars and you know and then this smaller company got fined eighteen thousand dollars for just selling a unit that could modify stuff they didn't even install it but they still got fined eighteen thousand dollars and then i hear all these stories start to come up but then you start to look at um the jags thing happened in 2018 and i'm not saying finding a company for 1.7 million is a good thing but the fact that this is sort of still going on and they're still racing and there's still things happening and nothing has really been voted on it i you know we need to do our the states needs to do their part to to vote things in and talk to their senate and all that stuff but i i lost sleep over those stories that i heard last night and and i wish i could say that that was the first experience of me hearing something or learning how horrible the world was and then feeling like there's no point in being around but the fact is that there are a lot of good people in the world and a lot of good things happen and we're blessed to sort of be in the world that we're in and for me especially around my birthday because you've known me for a lot of years most of the time i turn into a whiny bitch around my birthday i have this just, let, me, no, no. let me just drink my beer at this moment yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> it always turns into the well what did i do with my year this year exactly. oh the same thing i did every year nothing i'm a loser that's usually how my whole year goes right that's happy birthday you know and and i i just decided that there was no well looking at the bright side here you are like Two and a what? Few hours? No, couple less than a couple. No, two. Two. Um, I'm doing the math. Uh, four, four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. Okay. Two hour. Two 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 days, days. and four and a half four hours. And a half so hours. F- fifty-two and a half hours to me being thirty-nine. Yeah, and you like are knocking out your hundredth podcast episode before that happens. So. Yeah, and last year. Good job. High five. Whoosh. I'm gonna make the noise right now. That's us. We high fived. Um, there's a old. I'm going completely off the script today. There was a clip of um, of Bobby Heenan um, commentating a tag match, and I haven't been able to find it because it was a rented Coliseum video that I saw years ago, and it was Money Incorporated, which was Ted DiBiase and IRS, the su- sweetest tag team ever, because one was a million a millionaire and the other one was like a, a shysty like IRS tax guy, which was super good. Um, and they were, instead of tagging in and out, they were just switching uh, sleeper holds on uh, Earthquake, uh, who's like a really big guy, without like behind the referees back when when their manager, I believe it was, um, might have been Slick, uh, was managing them, but I'm not sure. Anyway, so on commentary, whenever there was supposed to be a tag, um, Bobby Heenan just started doing this and he's like, they tagged, I heard it. Right. And that was like him on commentary doing that. So it just made it 10,000 times better that he was cheating for them from the commentary table. Like it just, you don't have things like that, that happen anymore. And I just always think that's hilarious. This, this idea, like that's creativity in my opinion. Right. Like just a lot. Did you see the uh, video I sent you of the rock? Yes. With the people's strudel. Yes. 
I'm like, okay, so now that the pandemic's coming to an end, at some point in the next year, before you get like a year older and I get a year older, we're going to have to go and find strudel and then we're going to like eat it. It's true. And, uh, or pie, I guess pie works too. I mean, yeah, one or the other. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, I just, I, this year has been super good for, for me. Um, in a lot of ways, because last year uh, with my ex-girlfriend, I spent a lot of time just melting uh, around my birthday. And the pandemic was very fresh, so that was also hard too. But when I looked back, and like you've mentioned, being a friend for so long, I have a very, very difficult time with the things that I have, quote unquote, accomplished or not accomplished in my life. Um, and I realized, like... Glass, glass half full, glass half, half empty. Well, and it's also like, what what do I want to define success as? Yes, I wish I was in a different place. And I wish I was sort of um, financially more, more even just closer to a lot of my friends. Not that I won't want to be competitive with them. But if I was, I feel like, in a lot of cases, I don't do as well as as I I would if I wasn't in a wheelchair, which I think is 100% true. And that's not me being a martyr. And that's one thing that I learned recently. I read an article and sort of dealing with this, not necessarily ableism, I can't remember the term they use for it, but there's very much a lot of able-bodied expectations on somebody with a disability. And like, so, you know, the mind over matter and the just persevere and, and what some people don't realize is, a lot of the time in order for me just to have a regular day and and do sort of average things i kind of have to do that anyway like i'm you know a lot of times like internally i'm slapping myself in the chest and and pumping myself up just to be able to to finish out my day and the pandemic has been weird because it's thrown everybody's schedule off but i realize there's just a lot of things that that you can't take um everyone's advice because not everybody is built the same nope. even like even if I wasn't in a wheelchair, I probably couldn't do 18 hour days and four hours of sleep like a lot of other people do. And, and, you know, for the most part, uh, other than the, um, the microchip in your arm, uh, your disability of being diabetic is invisible to a lot of people, but you have different things to think about than other people do like meal timing and blood sugars. And like, those things are, are I, not, I honestly know. don't look at it as a disability. I look at it as a, a condition. Well, yeah, and, and and I'm glad that you do that. And I think what what is interesting about our relationship is I, without without sort of trying to compare apples to apples, my disability is very very visual. I don't want your apple touching my apple. It's true. I don't I don't want your strudel touching my strudel either. <laughs> um, but I think I think in people's minds, they go, oh, wheelchair, oh, okay, he can't walk. Whereas like, you know, if your reservation gets pushed back or that one time that the that the waitress took forever to come with our bill when we were having wings and, and you ended up having some, some issues with your blood sugar levels, like that's more of a detriment to health and things than my wheelchair, right? Like, you know, if, if you haven't, if you have, uh, if you have too much of a drop in blood sugar, you end up in a hospital. If I, if I, um, you know, take longer in the bathroom because I'm in a wheelchair, 
I'm not ending up in a hospital. So it, it's all relative, right? And and I always sort of try and remember that people have somebody always has something. Like you said, you don't consider it a disability; you consider it a condition, and it is. You know, um, that that's true with pretty much everything, because at some point you have to process whatever your disability is in your head. So it's just another condition in your head that you need to manage, really. Yep. Your laser. Laser beams. <laughs> laser, liquid hot magma. Yeah. For anybody that is not as old and stupid as us, that's a uh, big old reference to uh, Austin Powers. So. Uh, I miss oh. Austin Powers. We just want sharks with freaking laser beams <laughs> attached to their heads. They were put on the endangered species list. We can't get them. I miss I really miss Scott Evil. I do. Scott Scott Evil should be like the true bad guy. Well, I was really disappointed that nothing happened out of that because at the end of the third one, they were setting that up. Like he had lost his hair, he was dancing by himself, he had a weird evil laugh. Yeah. You know, like there should have been there should have been some sort of spin-off, and we would have ate that shit up like chocolate cake because like uh, like and what like they the could, people strudel. What they could do now, I'm gonna tweet I'm gonna tweet him this when I get it like I'm I'm doing it right now actually because you're, I want you're gonna, you're gonna tweet Seth Green? Yeah, I'm gonna be like where yeah, is why not? I, I'm right now I'm gonna tweet him and be like, Hey, any chance there's a there's an Austin Pirate spinoff with um Yeah, yeah, we want a Scott Evil movie. I'm gonna ask him right now. Right now, so I can prove that I did this. Like we don't even need Austin Powers. He could just like do a movie as Scott Evil, just like get them to sign over the rights or whatever you need, and he could just go out and just be Scott Evil, and it'd be great. Exactly. So let's go, uh, Seth Green. Another ginger, by the way. Yes, and he was also a guest host on Wrestling and did quite well. Um, Seth Green. Let's see. I'm gonna talk to text this so you can hear that I actually did it. Hey, I think it's time for a Scott Evil movie. What do you think? Question mark. And then I'm going to hashtag Dr. Evil's son. Dr. Evil's son. Make sure the capital is in there because that's that's very important. Mr. Evil. Oh, uh, that's doctor. Thank you. I didn't spend six years at evil <laughs> medical school to be called Mister. I don't know if Scott ever went to uh, evil doctor school, though. You never know. So, Doctor Evil's son. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Cool. So, I sent that to him. We'll see what happens. Um, it's I'm out kidding. in the universe. Getting a shout out from a celebrity would just be amazing anyway. Just even if he like, even if he says, oh, I haven't heard that one before or something yeah. crazy, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. It happened. There's been a couple crazy things that happened to me. I got super lucky with really? the, the early days. Adam Levine, his verified account followed me back, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, it's because it's Adam Levine. So I don't need to explain any more than that. And when I started doing total, I, I got a total gym off a of buddy, the Chuck Norris total gym. And Shawn Michaels happened to be 
um, happened to be like endorsing the Total Gym at the time. And so I was like, man, I just cranked out my first uh, my, my first three workouts, uh, three days in a row on the Total Gym, and I feel great. It even helps with my disability. And, uh, and Shawn Michaels retweeted me. And like and like mentioned me in a tweet. Now, for those of you that don't know, Shawn Michaels, in my opinion, is the best wrestler of all time, and like my super favorite wrestler. I have a figurine and a shirt of his and all that stuff. I was a huge Shawn Michaels fan. I'm Canadian, and I wanted Shawn Michaels to beat Bret Hart. That's how much I liked Shawn Michaels in 1996. Anyway, so he retweeted me. I lose my shit because I'm like 30 and I'm at work, and I'm like, oh my god, he retweeted me like. <laughs> A, like a 16 year old kid watching WrestleMania 12 for like the 18th time. And then of course, Twitter blows up the way that Twitter always does in such an awesome way. And the first comment on his retweet is like, Oh, why don't you guys just go suck each other's dicks? Like, just like, <laughs> and I was just like, that's why Twitter is so awesome. Like just like, <laughs> so, so it is possible that I may get a shout out from Seth Green with the response to my my tweet, but um, well, you got to let me know if he does because I will for sure. I, I like my mind would explode. Yeah, and I think um, and I think it's not something like right after the Austin Powers three, it, he probably got a million of those questions, right? Probably, and then it's been whatever 10, 12 years probably now, right? So for him to hear it, he's probably just hanging out on the couch and just like wanting to hear something, you know? And I think like, I don't know, I just feel like nostalgia works so much for a lot of people now um, that I think it's time to have some sort of spinoff and be, you know, I mean, they're rebooting everything and making it crappy. This wouldn't be a reboot. This would be like a complete spinoff and really only makes sense for us initially but what always happens with that kind of stuff is then people people go back and watch the old the old movies and then sort of regain a new fan base you know so it, it could be cool if it works out so maybe maybe on the rolling rambler podcast on june 17th of 2021 you heard it here that i may have started a trend to have a Austin Powers spinoff with Scott Evil, Dr. Evil's son, and therefore changing the world in a positive way, because that's what I do. See, maybe um, you should do this with your podcast. Like every episode, you come up with some celebrity that you want to like send, <sighs> send a burning question to, you know, that just like, hey, where, where's, you know, such and such movie? What, what's going on with your life with blah, 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 whatever they're doing, and just see if you, like any of them respond to it. Well, it's, it's funny that um, there was a, I don't know if you've ever heard the show Hudson and Rex. It's a Canadian show that uh, a cop has uh, like a German Shepherd dog that used to be like a farm sniffer dog. And it's like his dog. It's actually a good show. I like quite a bit. On on one of the episodes I watched, the first one I watched, because my mom and dad watched it all the time and got me hooked on it. Um, there was a guy in a wheelchair in one of the scenes and I could tell he was actually in a wheelchair just based on how he moved and things. And... I found him on Instagram and it turns out that he was on this um, sort of panel for uh, more disabled representation in movies because a lot of times people that aren't disabled play disabled people. And so he was sort of talking about that and he, and so I messaged him about it and he was like, he's like, thanks so much. He's like, I'm glad you liked it. And 
he's from Toronto. And, and so there's, there was just this idea of as for all the bad that social media is and how much our brains rot from it, there are so many good things. Like I would like, how impossible would it be to even 10, 15, 20 years ago to get a hold of Seth Green and tell him, I want this movie. And I just got to send him a message. Like I just texted him and you know, I send him a, I send the other kid, uh, George, and I can't pronounce his last name. The one from the Hudson and rec show, uh, just thanking him for being just, you know, an actor in a, in a wheelchair representing, you know? And so there's, there is some, some, there's a good idea there as far as like finding a celebrity and it can just be that couple of seconds where I just find a cause to, to tweet about or somebody to ask us some question like, Hey, uh, or, you know, asking, try and find like, Hey, Bret Hart, uh, how can you pick pink? Like, you know, or, or something like that, or, or, um, you know, we got to just find even, I wonder what. Okay, pick three celebrities right now that you really want to have a, really want to ask any question, like if knowing that they would respond, just pick three celebrities, be like if you could get a response to any question, that you'd be thrilled to get anything from. That is a good question. Um, okay, I'm gonna throw my my three. Yeah, do it, do it. I, I don't have them all off the top of my head. I just thought up this question, so I know. Uh, Number one, I think would have to be Brian Cranston from uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, because I've always wanted to know if he's always wanted to play such a bad character, like bad guy. Because you always hear from like, you know, people that they say that the bad guys always get the real good stories and the drama, and they get the good ending, which is true. I like did did he always want to play a bad guy? Yeah, because he he did a great job with Breaking Bad. Totally. Um. All right, I got one. Um. Let's see. I'm gonna try and find one. I gotta figure one out. What am I gonna do it on? Um. So there's a there's a Canadian actor named Jeremy Ratchford who was on the Hudson Direct show and he's been in a couple other things since then. He was in um, Cold Case years ago. Um, but the movie that I knew him from was in 1996. It was a bit of a low budget movie with Randy Quaid and Kyle McLaughlin and it was based in the 50s and it was shot in Toronto and it was about moonshine running in like the late 50s. And uh, I I got a I tweeted a while back asking one of the actors who drove a 49 Chev that I really liked that question just about what year the car was. And I think I'd like to, I'd like to ask Jeremy if he did any of his own driving in that movie and just make the reference to that. Um, and then also, um, uh, I got, um, I'm, I've always been a huge Steven Seagal fan because I do Aikido and things. So maybe I'll tweet him a question, send him a question on Instagram, and maybe I'll ask him something lame like Aikido-related uh, question and see what he says. Um, you know, because I, I think... That'd be interesting. That, that would be neat. It'd be, it'd be 
Wouldn't that be like wicked? The, like the whole pie in the sky that I get Steven Seagal on my podcast to talk about Aikido, and then you know it'd be it'd be pretty pretty crazy. Um, well, I mean, good. it's almost time for birthday wishes, so why not? Right. And who else? Who would be the third? Um, third one. Yeah, Steven Seagal as a as a podcast guest. That would be man. What else could we do? What else could we do? Questions you could ask. Yeah, I'm just trying to think what else we could do that would be awesome. Um, uh, should I go? Well, let's go. Can we, can we get the uh, cast from Cobra Kai? Yeah, right. Um, no, I was thinking like I could go a totally different direction and be like, um, even though Stacy Keebler has moved on out of my life and there's no opportunity for me to be with her, even though <laughs> we're close enough in age, we, it could have happened. Michael, it could have happened. Um, hey, this is a birthday wish. It could still happen. Right. So I got, I just, I'm thinking I'm going to ask her because I'm going to ask her like just the weirdest question, not like a weird, creepy question, but like, what's your favorite color or something, you know, or if you were a bird, what bird would you be? No, that's stupid. I think the color is a good question. Um, um, and yeah, it's a little basic. Um, I know we got to come. I got to. So, so, okay. So. We had we have Jeremy Ratchford if you drive the car in in Moonshine Highway, which is fine. Then we've got a very easy question. Just uh, ask him. I'm going to ask him a technical question about Aikido, um, which will be cool because um, he is, regardless of the fact that he's he's uh, you know gotten older, he's still a a very very accomplished black belt in Aikido. So ask him those questions and then. Um, and then Stacy Keebler. I know what I'm going to ask her. Um, what if? Um, oh, actually, I'm, I lost it. My my one question was, "What's her favorite meal?" That was the question I wanted to ask. Because I, like like, and I'm, I'm going to ask her like it's a bit of a two parter. What's your favorite meal? Either to cook. Or to just have if you go out because i think i think those are very different for for a lot of people like if you were to ask me my favorite meal to cook i'm gonna go with the easiest thing to cook which is uh like a stir fry right rice in the rice cooker chop the veggies throw some meat in there good to go right um whereas out is usually like a steak and mashed potatoes or like hamburger and fries kind of thing even though they're, they can be basic it's uh that's what i like right um so yeah that's a, that's the question for keebler which is What's your favorite? What are your What's your favorite go-to meal to make, and and what's your favorite meal to eat when you're out? And like, I feel like I'm not gonna get like a Gwyneth Paltrow type answer, where it's like, oh, I like to eat, um, you know, avocado dipped in diamonds, and you know, that's why I, that's why all of my wasn't it her that all her meals in her cookbook that she made were like like $300 just for the ingredients or something like that. Are you, are you typing my questions out and sending them to me? So I remember them. <laughs> Don't ask questions. Are you making them into? Oh, uh, okay. This might be awesome because I, uh, this is accountability. <laughs> I'm oh, you, you've heard of accountability. Have you? So this is, I'm, I'm interested to just some people that are, are, are listening at home. Mike has 
sort of been partially listening to me. He's clearly looking at his screen. He's typing and he's doing things. Now, the cool part about Mike is him being a graphic designer. He could be doing something um, underhanded and graphic designing, which is cool. Or he could just be typing the notes and then send them to me and be like, hey, you need to do this. Which, yeah, have you done this yet? Yeah. So either way, you'll get you'll get an update. But I think this is good because I'm, I'm and the one thing that you did, I'm, I'm really, I really like is you just forced me to have to think of something right off the, the hop, right? Um, you forced me into action, which was good. So, well, I think it's an interesting, uh, like it's celebrity is like a weird thing to start with, but like in the, in the Twitter verse, like you have easy accessibility allegedly to, uh, celebrities, but you know, why not ask them a question and see if they reply? Well, and always ask them. I think that's a good thing too. To maybe ask them like a genuine question, like I do want to know those things. Yeah, because like, I think just be a normal person. Yeah, like I was thinking about this, and this wasn't this was an experiment as much as it was a technique, and I've done it a couple times on on Instagram where somebody will have a have a and it's happened with a couple of ladies a couple times and it doesn't guys just generally respond because it, it's not the same mindset but a lot of girls when they're at the gym will post a selfie in front of a mirror and they'll get ten thousand comments of how hot they are and i wish you were my girlfriend and all this other stuff and then i'll, I'll ask them a question be like um why'd you pick those shoes with uh with those tights or whatever or i'll make fun of somebody in the background i remember one girl had like ten thousand comments of how pretty she was and how hot she was and I made fun of the guy behind her because he was sitting on a bench on his phone. And I was like, I was like, after you're done taking your picture, tell the guy behind you to get off his phone and get back to them reps. And out of all the comments, she responded to mine and said, listen, we don't talk negatively about people on this stream or whatever, like in the comments. So however anybody wants to act in the gym is their choice. Okay. And I was like, wow. She, and I was like, I was like, I just did something completely separate from other people and um and there was another like there was another thing that came across my feed it was a girl that like um she was in the gym and she like had tights on and i'm not even joking she like dropped her tights to her ankles and then squatted with no pants on and i was like and my my legitimate question was what kind of gym do you get to go to where you get to take your pants off I, I was because that was my legit question and she's like uh-huh it's a private gym i'm like okay it must be well it would have to be because like could you imagine like you're in planet fitness or do do do, do pants off just like start working out and everyone's like uh hope you're gonna clean the seat on that when you're done <laughs> you just go in there with your like one piece mad kitty like the one from borat and just <laughs> sit on the, the start banging out like you know it's just just sitting there on the rowing machine, just making direct eye contact with the guy across from you. <laughs> you know, yeah. knees, knees in, knees out, knees yeah. in, knees out. It's like it's like he's getting closer and farther away to your package every time you do it. It's yeah. like no. <laughs> and then as you're maintaining eye contact, you go see if he gets a juice smoothie immediately afterwards, or goes to the bathroom to throw up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that would, you know, so it's, 
I don't know, like in, in a world where everybody says all the same stuff, like, did you see Jon Stewart on, on Colbert uh, last night? No, I didn't. A couple nights ago? I, anyway, I need to catch up on my Colbert. Um, I just watched a couple clips, but uh, he had a couple rants about um, the coronavirus being created in Wuhan and, and that whole thing. And, and so, and it was hilarious. He went on an actual rant and it was really funny. And then um, I'm not going to ruin it for you. So go, go watch it when you get a sec, but, but the comments on it were, Oh, great. More, more hate towards science or more hate, you know, it's going to cause more problems for Chinese people and, and, you know, the population and all that stuff. And, with those types of things, I'm reminded of number one. Um, he was joking, and if you don't know, he was joking. Um, his name is John Stewart, uh, so he's always joking, right? Like, or or at least something is in satire, right? I mean, Stephen like Stephen Colbert's character on his show was actually a, like a, a made up character. Same with Rob Cor- Cordry, like the, the whole the whole deal. They were just like. They were versions of themselves that were a bit of satire, and that's the humor that they were a part of. Um, and I saw one comment on there, clearly like a Trump supporter, was like, took it totally seriously that he was he was basically implicating the lab in China for making coronavirus. And this one guy, you could, and I'm I'm reading this in a redneck voice because. I'm sure this is how this guy wrote it. He's like, yeah, finally, Mr. John Stewart tells the truth. Uh, and and uh, Trevor Noah was the one to replace this guy. And then he like he had the eye roll emoji. I was like, dude, seriously, like everything he ever did was was satire to some degree, unless he had a guest on and he was still joking around all the time. Um, like one of my favorite clips of John Stewart ever was when he talked about Chicago, like Chicago deep dish pizza is not real pizza. And he compared it to like New York pizza. And he's like, this is pizza. He's like, it was, it's hilarious. So, you know, for those people that thought it, that took it serious, but it just gives people an opportunity, I think, to feel like they have to say something. And I've been in that trap recently with a lot of stuff. Same with the the taking of the photo of the restaurant is that you want to say something because it's not even about being a part of the conversation and just getting your two cents in. In my own mind, I think I'm actually going to make a difference and change someone's mind. But I'm not. It's social media. Nobody wants to get their mind changed on social media. Like, they just don't. You know? Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on... I mean, you're you're slowly creeping down towards double digits as opposed to... Um, are you are you under 100 now? Or where are you at with a... No, I haven't. I haven't cracked my uh, my basement, my ceiling of 130 people. I've come close, and I I feel kind of half ashamed of the fact that I like offloaded people because they were people on my uh, Facebook that were. I hate to say this, but they're dead. So I've just been like keeping them around, and you know, memory. So I just kind of had one day where I'm like, okay, time for you to rest in peace. So I offloaded all my friends that are dead because I will never hear from them again. Yeah, that's interesting, right? It's something that no no other generation has ever had to deal with. Yeah. Um, there was somebody that wrote a book called The Right to Die. And because this is something that's been very important to me for a long time to think about. 
um, and I and I'll be able to we'll be able to leave this here on a on a on a positive note because. Um, well, this is positive. This is like I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it or I'm I'm I'm, I'm pruning off the dead wood, so to speak. It, it it's gonna it's gonna make sense, but I thought about it for years that that oh man, it's gonna be so cool that I have this podcast and I have my YouTube channels and I have all the things that that I. I was going through or things that I was talking about or that were important to me or they were observations throughout my life when I was going through different things. I can go through every single one of my blog posts and within a couple of minutes after reading the blog post, I can recollect where I was in my mind at that time, right? I'm pretty sure I could do this with every single episode of my podcast. And I know I could do it with all my videos most of the time because I can see like Tom Harris in the background or the park that I was sitting at or whatever, right? Um, and I think about just some of the regular posts that I have on social media um, and and some of the memories that come up and you don't have as much control over that because Facebook is like, hey, this is a memory that a lot of people liked. Do you remember this thing? And it's like, oh, hey, I'm not friends with that person anymore because they apparently hate me now. So thanks for bringing that up. Appreciate it. But like there are some there are some good things. But in my case, I'm 100 percent able to control the narrative. So if I decide, like, before I, I'm dying, like, if I am if I get a chance to, to decide how I'm going to go and I want to take every single thing off of the internet and delete my podcast and delete my YouTube channel and take down my blogs and do all that, I can do that. Or I can leave them up for the next generation of, of my niece's kids or whoever, friends that want to remember me or whatever. And it's not just, it's not just, and I'm not saying that there there isn't value in wishing someone who's passed a happy birthday on Facebook, because for some people that is it's a way to you know memorialize them and all that stuff. But I I'm a big fan of even if you're not religious, I'm a big fan of believing in the afterlife. And if that person is where you th- say they are, and you say happy birthday to them, it doesn't need to be on Facebook. They're going to hear you. Um, but the idea that I get to control what is left of me is pretty cool and the fact that i spent a better part of a decade because 2009 or 10 january 2010 i believe is when i started um starting the rolling motivation podcast it actually might have been the end of december which again lines completely up with the podcast and the youtube channel like just I always seem to sort of reevaluate my life around that time. And in September, I do a lot of new things in September too. So apparently I don't know why I melt around my birthday all the time. I apparently don't give I don't give the birthday sort of week a lot of a, a lot of chutzpah compared to, you know, uh, December and September type thing. But but I, I get a chance to to leave my mark on society with my six views of video and my my eight or ten views of podcast episodes and and like how cool is that going to be not that i'm like i think about joe rogan like joe rogan he's never going to be able to to be forgotten even if he says something crazy and he's long since passed people are going to think different things of him whereas like for me most likely all of my stuff will only get read at some point when my family members want to just be like i wonder what like my niece, could you imagine she's one of them is 22 and the other one is just going to turn seven in in July. And she says, I wonder what Uncle Steve was thinking when he was 22 or 
where when he was 27 and now I'm 27 it's 20 years down the road maybe I'm dead maybe I'm not but she she wants to figure out where I was mentally or what I was going through pull up podcasts pull up a you know what I mean like like she can she can do all that stuff and I just think that is kind of cool that for me is is a lot like when you're sitting on a porch with your grandpa and or grandma and he's telling they're telling you stories of the way it used to be I kind of get that with my podcast. I get that with my YouTube channel. I get that with my blog. You've had a hundred now, so you're yeah. leaving a legacy. Yeah, I there was. I'm not gonna lie. There was definitely a part of me that almost wanted to leave it at 99. And if I never went back and did a hundred, it would just be kind of cool because it would be like, "Where's the hundredth episode?" And people would just be like, "Ah!" It's like when you hear on an old record or that someone produced that there was some sort of secret 30th track that never got put on a cd or a secret 15th track that never got put on a cd and then you find yeah. out that it actually wasn't true you gotta look at it from the other angle though yeah that's like trying to climb a mountain to see what the view is like at the top and you make it 99 percent of the way up and then you turn around and go back it's true what why not finish the journey it's very very true and you know the funny thing is once you've hit 100 this isn't the end this is the start no, it, it's 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 fresh now, and, and I was I'm really lucky this year, and so is everybody else that's around me because I you can attest to this, and I own it fully that I'm a lot of times in my life I hadn't been the best person to be around, and I was never sort of right, I'm just I'm just gonna drink somewhere in my beer. <laughs> yeah, just having a just, I'm gonna just, uh, yeah, uh, it's just like. <laughs> I'm going to drink more of my beer so I don't have to say anything. And anyone, because you can't see the visuals, visuals, he rolls his eyes right as he says that and pretends that he's looking behind him, which is absolutely epic. But it's true because because I own that I've had some big-time struggles in my life, and I think everybody has. But I, I realized recently that I'm not always that fun to be around, and I'm not talking about for other people. I think I'm more talking about for myself. Like, I, I just... I haven't always been somebody that I would want to hang out with. And I think that's who I'm trying to create now. And it's not just trying to wear a suit because I want to wear a suit and look a certain way. I like wearing suits because I, I they feel good. I want to make some money so I can fix my car and do different things. I want to be able to have a house one day so I can have a place to park said car and maybe work on it or have a bit of a garden or maybe have a dog that's hypoallergenic that is tiny enough to not piss me off but big enough that i don't have to like lose it under the couch or something right like there's things that i want in my life um but i'm also super lucky that i'm here i think maybe on the last episode or a couple episodes ago i talked about a young man that found me on youtube and emailed me and he's got a disability called uh mary charcuth tooth disease basically what it is is degenerative when he was 13 he wasn't able to run because his mom noticed he was walking when he was 13 he started walking funny by 14 he wasn't able to run and by 24 he wasn't able to talk and he's 27 and now he can't talk and he has to eat through a feeding tube and he emailed me to ask questions about working and i i tried to help him best i could but one of the things that he said in one of his emails is I want to do what you do so badly. And so here I am thinking that my life is crap and I haven't done anything and I haven't done all this stuff. Dude can't eat on his own or talk on his own and he wants to be this guy? Like, like it kind of, 
Like, where are your excuses at that point? Your like, glass what, is half full. Well, it's way more than half full because, like, I, I can't. I have no more excuses ever with anything that I deal with, right? And it's not. I'm not trying to say that when you go through struggles, you don't go through struggles because they're individual to people, but. But it it helps you be happier when you remember that like. We live in Canada. You know what I mean? Like we live in Canada, and I have great friends, and I have. We live in a pretty awesome climate. Yeah, it rains a bunch of the time and it's gray and gross, but it's beautiful out. And I have a behind me on the Zoom video where I'm pulling the audio from, there's a life size Stone Cold Z Boston cutout. There's nothing wrong with that. Glaring at anyone that watches a video with me. And I don't know if I told you this, because we'll end we'll 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 tie it up and then I'll 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 throw it to you for the end of your your thoughts on this but um i had my first zoom Zoom meeting a couple about a month ago or so with um the disability resource center and i go on my first my first zoom meeting with them and we're introducing ourselves and everybody goes through and share something personal and then they show their professional things and those types of things and at the end of the the zoom call this one this does anybody else have anything else any questions any questions for anybody and though and one one lady puts up her hand and she goes um i have a question for steve uh who is the giant bald man behind you and i was like oh it's stone gold steve austin and then when you look at it basically for those that have never been on zoom call with me i've got him his he's facing he's facing me like the video so you but but it's it's in the window to block some of the light but i realized when i looked behind me if you didn't know that i was on the fourth floor of my apartment it could look like he's just outside the patio door waiting to like break into my house or like hey hey steve hey steve want to go grab beer with the rattlesnake like like that's totally like could be ground i could be in a ground floor apartment right now and he's trying to break in so the whole idea that she was like, um, I have a question. Who is the giant man behind you? And I had to explain that. I thought that was cool. So, You know what I love about that story? What? We talked about it on last time I was on your podcast. Did we? Yes, oh. you did. <laughs> that's that's why. So obviously it was so epic. And yeah. and your memory is better than mine, but still is, is wicked. And I, did, I got to do my Stone Cold Steve Austin impersonation, which I have to say wasn't bad. Wasn't great, but it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. I think like Stone Cold from the Laundry commercial, right? The t- that is a that's a good set of commercials, by the way. It's really good. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. Just because Stone Cold said so. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway, I'll let you wrap it up with with whatever you want. Your thought of the day. Well, it's pretty simple thought. Today you are a hundred episodes old. Congratulations. You made it. Thank you. And thank you for honestly, thank you for sharing this journey with me on a bunch of levels, being on on episodes. I'm going to continue to be on episodes, being my friend for all these years, putting up with all my bullshit, um, being my graphic designer. Apparently now now we've we've crossed into a territory on this podcast that everyone else that knows me really well is a part of that. I forget that I told you a story (laughs) and then I tell you a story. And guess what? 
in on episode 111 or 117 or at some point in the not too distant future you're gonna hear the stone cold steve austin scaring somebody on zoom story again because i'm gonna think it's so epic and be like oh my god i haven't told people and that if you've ever met my father is a very genetic trait that he has because he tells everyone the same story over and over and over again because he forgets it or he just wants to tell the story so um I was actually the, thinking the only reason I don't interrupt you is because I want to see if the story changes. Well, exactly. And that's actually a really good tip for a lot of people. Um, because if the story changes a bit, then either I'm lying or I recalled more or I'm just being dynamic and wonderful. But um, no, you were on point. The story, their story stuck. But I, w- I was thinking about pre pandemic and I've had some sort of lame birthdays in the past, but I've had some really good ones. Like the one, the one we had at um, at Original Joe's outside of um, my work when I worked at Tuscany. I've had a couple other uh, other good ones through throughout the years, but by far I think the f- most fun at a birthday I've ever had in my life was when a couple. I think it was two thousand eighteen or nineteen when we were on the deck at my parents' place, and I had some friends over. And we had a quick barbecue and. You and your, you and your girlfriend were, were visiting, and I was just visiting with friends, and everyone was mingling, and it was just sort of a really chill environment, and it was just fun, and and my mom had such a good time, and like my dad, for, for anybody that doesn't know, he's been he was on this podcast for one episode, I think twenty in in the early twenties of the episodes, and he is a bit of a drinker and doesn't like to really do anything after about five o'clock or five thirty. Um, but he, he drank, he stayed, he, he ate dinner and then he like had a shower and then he came back out and like finished the party and drank more and like wanted to be part of that environment. And that doesn't, that doesn't happen very often. Those are the nights that you're, that you hope every night that you hang out with people will be like, it's a night as somebody that wants a good birthday at any point in their life, I, for me, that's a night that you chase. And I just, I think it was a super awesome and I had, I'm glad you were there with it. And I think it was such an awesome, fun night. Well, there'll be more in the future. Absolutely. Stupid COVID. <laughs> fuck off already. Like, seriously. There you go. Anyway, going to end it there. Episode 100 of the Rolling Around Love podcast. Thanks for stopping by, Mike. Appreciate it. Oh, here comes the audience again. 